Yo, we had just finished recording when the news came through the wire that LaMelo Ball will likely miss the rest of the season with a fractured left wrist. We had said that the, the right rookie wrist. of the right wrist. Yeah, it's a shooting hand. Oh, it is the right wrist. You're right. You're right. You're right. With a fractured right wrist. We had just talked about the rookie of the year race and how Ant would have to do do something or Lamella would have to continue slumping for Ant to get the rookie of the year. But now I think the award is Ant's to lose. I want to be fair to Ant right now and just say that he opened up the race by himself. That race wasn't was unclosed, I believe, by that 42-point game, in my opinion. <laughs> I think the case was closed, and then Ant scores 42 over the weekend, and then now it's open again. But with this LaMelo news, it, it kind of sucks for everyone, right? Because we don't get to see what would have actually happened. I mean, hopefully Anthony Edwards keeps playing the way he has, but it's really tough to to have to deal with this right now, you know, as a, as a Wolves fan. I don't want to have to deal with this, right? Yeah, look, I mean, it, 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 it certainly wasn't close. But, you know, Rookie of the Year is cool and all. Andrew Wiggins won Rookie of the Year. Uh, so did Carl. It's not really a, a, a barometer for how good they're going to be the rest of their career. But, you know, it's exciting at least. And it didn't seem possible until recently and now it seems like it's going to happen what did you think of nate duncan's tweet i unfollowed by the way today (laughs) what did he say he said i still can't imagine myself voting for any other player for rookie of the year even if ty halliburton goes off after Lamelo got hurt he's he tweeted that yeah i hate him he doesn't know how to have fun he is having fun, but he's having fun being a purposeful troll uh, toward the worst team in the league just because, I don't know, is he salty about getting Andrew Wiggins or what? Is he salty well, that uh, James Wiseman sucks? Further proof that he doesn't know how to have fun. If you're having fun in the wrong way, then you don't know how to have fun. Right. That's, <laughs> that's you're, the... you're having fun at the expense of the worst team in the league's fans? Come yeah, on. I don't grow up. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not going to unfollow because I still think that he's a smart basketball mind, but he's a homer, just like us. I feel like he's getting less smart, though. I honestly (laughs) feel like he's just getting more and more of a... He's becoming more and more of a Warriors fan and less of a basketball analyst. And maybe he was always just a Warrior fan, but because the Warriors were so good, everything he said about the Warriors was correct. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe once you peel back the layers, you start to see his true colors. (laughs) um you know if you're going to be a fan just be like us and tell the world that you're a fan and so that the world knows that everything you say comes from the perspective of a fan not a truly objective perspective and i hope that Lamelo ball comes back firing on all cylinders and i hope that he plays well coming out of it i hope that he obviously hinder his career at all any wolf fan who is saying that does not represent the fan base. Like the Wolves fan mm-hmm. base by and large is wishing LaMelo ball. Well, other Absolutely. everyone else, everyone other than D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> you know, we Wolves fans know a thing or two about fractured bones in the hand and wrist. And it sucks. It, it sucks a lot. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping LaMelo a swift recovery and uh, ant. I'm wishing him, a Rookie of the Year award.
<laughs> All right. Now back to the pod or to the pod. I'm not sure where this is going, but here we go. I'm Chilanga. I'm sorry that we didn't come to you midweek, y'all. All. And this is the C&D NBA show. Welcome. What a, I mean, clearly we're rusty. We took a, a middle of the week break off and we can't even start our podcast correctly. <laughs> this is why this is why we can't. We got to be consistent. We can't take time off. Although it was weird with the Thursday, Friday back to back because we usually record Wednesday night after the Wednesday game. So we wanted to to see a few more Finch games before we hopped back on the pod. How you feeling, Dill? I'm feeling okay. Chilango was also horny on Thursday night, and I had work. And then on Friday night, it was weird because Chilango still hadn't caught up on the game. Did you, did you end up getting to see the full Thursday game? Did you log in? I watched the condensed game. Oh, God. It was good. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I I feel like the Suns deserve to win that game. I'm going to be honest, but we'll get there later, I guess. I feel like, yeah, we will. I feel like the Wolves did not play the best out of the Finch stretch even. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think so either. But before we get into that, we got a lot of news to catch up on. So let's get some real stupid news. First up, we got some trade news. The Bucks trade for PJ Tucker. They swap DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, a 21, a 2021 first round pick swap and an unprotected 2023 pick for PJ Tucker, Rodion Rodion's Kurutz, a 21 second round pick swap and what i believe is milwaukee's own 2022 pick <laughs> wait wait they they gave back a 2022 pick to milwaukee yeah because they wanted they needed they wanted two picks and so they couldn't get that 23 pick because of what was owed to new orleans and so they traded back because I think that pick hit I, I, the Milwaukee pick had ended up back in Houston's in Houston's possession somehow. I don't know, and I'm also not sure if it's the Milwaukee pick. This, this is a very confusing trade. Regardless, Milwaukee did some weird trade maneuvering so that they had two I, first rounds basically to tr- to trade for PJ Tucker. Pr- probably Trevor Reza was involved in when he was sailing around <laughs> the league this summer. Yeah. <laughs> And then Milwaukee, yeah. and they got the Milwaukee pick. So they're sending it back so that they can get the 2023 unprotected. Yes. Was the 22 protected or something? Or do they just think I, it's a better pick? I think they think it's a better pick. I don't know. It probably is. Man. I mean, it, it was confusing. But yeah, it's probably a better pick. It's like another year older for Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Yeah, maybe it won't work out and Giannis wants out by 2023. Or I don't know. Who knows? I don't really see Giannis ever wanting out. But... <laughs> Who knows? But I, I do think I think the Bucks kind of fleeced like and I don't know who Houston was going to get for PJ Tucker because he looked a little washed. But mm-hmm. I also think that this is kind of just a smart piece of business for the Bucks because PJ is going to show out now. What really was I mean, DJ Wilson wasn't doing anything for them. And DJ Augustine, I don't think DJ Augustine was playing well for them either. But like what use was DJ Augustine when you already have like. Bryn Forbes, DV, Pat Connaughton, and Drew Holiday all on the same team. And and not to even to mention Chris Middleton, who can handle the ball for you on offense. So it's like, I don't think that DJ Augustine is very useful for you, especially when you want to be like a lockdown defensive team. And so PJ Tucker is just only upside for them. Yeah. And the Bucks want to switch, right? And so if you run out there with Drew Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, P 
PJ Tucker and maybe Bobby Portis instead of uh, Brooke Lopez, then that's a pretty switchable lineup. And you could go one through five and, you know, be pretty confident about not giving up too much. Shit. Bobby Portis over Brooke Lopez. Chalenga, this summer you were like all out on the Bobby Portis sign. I was like, I think that's actually a pretty good piece of business. No, no, no. I'm I'm just talking for like a more switch because you you don't want Brooke Lopez switching out on the perimeter. That's a that's a bucket, you know. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but Lopez ends up on the perimeter. The I- idea is to have Giannis be the one who's switching and to not have. I don't know why Bobby Portis would ever be in a switching lineup when you have Giannis on the team already as the most switchable center in the league. I'm just saying, if they're running one through five, who's the, who's the other player then? So Holiday, Tucker, Middleton, Giannis are the four for sure. Who's the other one? Is is DV in this I in think, like the heavy switching lineup? Is it? I mean, I, I think it is DV. Yeah, probably. Okay. But he's just gonna, little, you know. Yeah, you're gonna give up. You're gonna give up something just with that fifth guy still, no matter what. But it doesn't matter when you're just hiding that person. Hopefully, on the fifth worst player on the, on the court. Breaking news: Hawks and Bulls eyeing Lonzo. Both teams pursuing a trade for Pell's guard. Talks with Atlanta revolving around Cam Reddish. I swear to God, I've seen all week, I've seen every day a report that another team is eyeing Lonzo Ball. But it's like, like that's coming fuck? out of that's coming out of New Orleans 100 percent That is for David sure. Griffin. David Griffin is desperate to get rid of Lonzo. <laughs> but but to get rid of him, like he he probably thinks he's gonna get Lonzo. They're like, we're we have our eyes on Zach Levine. <laughs> I that you know this news might be coming out of Lavar, honestly. Just like trying to get Lonzo, although their relationship is kind of fractured, huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's talking to Daddy yet. Oh damn, that's too bad. All right. Anyway, in more real stupid news, the Heat trade for Trevor Reza. They sent Myers Leonard and a 2027 second round pick to uh Oklahoma City for Trevor Reza. What a cheap cost. This okay, first of all. That's an amazing trade for Miami. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to probably get anything out of Trevor Ariza, but like, I don't know. Who knows? It's going to be like, is it Iggy or is it Ariza? Who's going to be the guy who's in shape, right? Um, Right. (laughs) And and it could turn out that both of them aren't. But at the same time, like Myers Leonard wasn't going to be playing for you in the playoffs. So like there was no downside. How is he worth this much? How is he worth anything? All it was, all this Myers Leonard trade was, was a sweepstakes to find out who the most racist franchise is. And I'm sorry to the Jazz fans out there. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, low key racist. No, he's not. He's not even gonna show up in Oklahoma City Thunder. He's waived before he gets there. That's well, like why, they're not. Oh, they just wanted. A, you think that they just wanted a second round pick? Okay. Wait, wait. You you cut Hold out. On. Sorry. Oh my God. Holy shit. That was psycho. What happened? No, it's okay. That was just, I just. What happened? That was crazy. My headphones got linked up to Emily's phone somehow. And she was watching a video on her, on her phone. And then was it, was it porn? It was porn. Yeah. It was hentai porn. Gross. Emily. (laughs) I actually, that has happened to me. It was actually a, uh, we found, uh, uh, she found, from her mom, um, a mix CD from when she was a kid. And the first song on the mix CD was Let's Get Retarded by Black Eyed Peas, like the the actual version of Let's Get It Started. Oh, no. I'm I'm just saying, this is the Black Eyed Peas, man. The Black Eyed Peas should be canceled, not me. (laughs) That song is like, (laughs) that's crazy. Borderline when it came out. Yeah. 
They couldn't even play it on the radio the proper way. Anyway, that that's happened to me as well. So I was on the phone with my dad and Shuli pulls up and I connect to Shuli's car sometimes. And somehow it my phone preferred to hook up to her car than it did to hook up to my headphones. Oh, shit. And so all of a sudden my dad was talking to Shuli in the car. And he's like, oh, hey, wait, what's going on? <laughs> and then I switched it over. It was awesome. That's tight. <laughs> That's Bluetooth so tight. headphones. Make sure you're not watching porn with your Bluetooth headphones when someone who has like some sort of Bluetooth priority shows up. Oh, dude, that's always my biggest fear. <laughs> uh, anyway, we were saying Myers Leonard is not showing up. Uh, Trevor Reza was cheap, but Trevor Reza hasn't played basketball in over a year. So, you know, you're getting a 36 year old who has not played basketball. I think a, a 2027 second round pick is. Uh, a fair price. I don't know what a second round pick does for OKC at all. I unless they like they just keep collecting these picks. At some point, you're going to have to consolidate. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe there's a little bit of a trade exception that happens here too. I'm not. I'm not really sure how this benefits OKC, except to to. I mean, Sam Presti is just kind of pick obsessed, right? Like, yeah. I just hope that just, it's not. He can't the- be stopped. I hope that it's not that they want Myers Leonard to play. <laughs> no, 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 they don't. I, I like everybody who's anybody has said time like he will not even show up to Oklahoma City. He is he is out for the rest of the year, if not forever. But he's going to make nine million dollars this year for saying the K word. So, yes, he will. But he will for not free. make any money next year. Myers Leonard almost gets a free vacation. Oh, I he totally does. He gets a paid vacation. Yeah, what the fuck is this? How come I can't get a paid vacation? Can I say the K-word and get a $9 million paid vacation? I mean, if you sign a contract for <laughs> an amount of money and you don't violate the contract, then but you do something that's bad enough that nobody wants you around. <laughs> this is then the yes, only, you can. I, like this is the only reason why I would ever uh be against the players union is in this specific scenario. That's it. <laughs> I'd be like, get him out of the league. Don't pay him. Yeah, I mean, that's fine with me, but he will get paid, <laughs> and he'll probably keep on streaming and make money off of that. And Oh, God. Um, you know what? The, the MAGA fucks have infiltrated Twitch, which is kind of shitty. There's a QAnon stream that's on Twitch now, and I watched it for a second because I was like, there's no way. This has to be like satire or some shit. Nope. I actually clicked on it, and then I was like, oh, no, these are actually QAnoners that are just talking about QAnon just nonchalantly on Twitch. So I thought that I had a socialist bastion in Twitch, but it is starting to become terrible. So, Of course. Of Twitch, course. clean up your act. Fucking Twitch. All right. Moving on. The NBA and MBPA have agreed on what the COVID restrictions for vaccinated individuals will be. And they are as follows. No quarantine for exposure. No PCR tests on days off. You can interact with any other person at home, but not a bar or club or lounge. You can go to outdoor restaurants. You can have four guests on the road, there it on is. A road trip. There it prior is. Prior to testing. There it is. You can, you can leave the hotel room anytime. You can attend in-person marketing events, have in-person team meetings. PCR testing can be earlier in the day. So before, like, it doesn't have to be as close to the game. And no masks in the practice facility. Dylan, you seem to like the four guests on the road. 
Well, I think that this is what's going to get James Harden to get vaccinated. And it's just going to be a domino effect from there. I, any any Daniel House, any James Harden, they're all going to get vaccinated now. And it's just, this is what, this reward specifically <laughs> is going to be what gets the whole league vaccinated. Yep. All these horny dudes are like, all right, well, I better get my shot. <laughs> Not giving away my shot. Do you believe that Lin-Manuel Miranda hasn't, like, done a parody of that yet like he should have been practicing this from the moment that this thing started i actually heard he's an anti-vaxxer so no way that's a no joke i didn't way. i'm kidding <laughs> yeah that is 100 a joke <laughs> lebron james is out indefinitely after spraining his ankle was this oh. on saturday yeah yeah i was watching a little mid-afternoon lakers game early 12 30 pacific time start and I was like, let's just enjoy my afternoon. The very first play that happened, I'm not fucking kidding you. They were like reviewing that play as it happened. So I came in right after that. And I was like, oh, that looks bad. But then he isn't limping. He nails a corner three, runs the other side of the court, calls a timeout and gets out. And or like when the Lakers get the ball back or something, or maybe they maybe they did a, uh, an intentional foul or some shit. But, like, I did not see him limp. I thought that he was going to be fine. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him before the end of the season come back, especially with the MVP race looking like if he could come back and just all he has to do is be as effective as he has throughout the rest of this, the year. I think he has the inside track at the MVP still. I, 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 th- that being said, these high ankle sprains are very dangerous and usually do take up to six weeks, but there's no ligament damage. I feel like if you can play through the pain, you can play. And that's kind of what LeBron has done throughout his career. It just, it depends on what LeBron wants and how much the Lakers think that they need him. And obviously like how early they can get AD back. Like maybe they have been putting him in, uh, putting AD in the cryo chamber, a hyperbolic time chamber or whatever whatever Goku was in and just trying to like wait it out and maybe he'll come back earlier now. I don't know. Uh, But this is just an interesting twist in the Lakers season now. Yeah. I mean, I think that like uh, any LeBron James injury, I think out indefinitely is just like going to kind of be the, the go-to because I just feel like when, when you're LeBron James putting a timeline on an injury, like, gonna really stress people out (laughs) and so just not really having a timeline and just like letting lebron heal as he heals is like feels like the more proper way to do this but this is tough for the lakers because anthony davis is out at least two more weeks based on what i've been seeing um but that could could be longer injury too yeah that i'm all i'm saying is that came that news came before lebron's injury and i'm wondering if that timetable gets sped up I mean, maybe it's sped up to the point that two weeks means two weeks, but I'm wondering if they want to bring him back just to maybe not even play a f- like the full slate of minutes, but just to get him back in there and like get him get in him shape. Th- yeah, and get him in shape and get the and keep the ship even keeled for a while. You know, I mean, they're gonna need. To, what do you think, Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma are gonna keep the Lakers competitive? Th- I don't know, th- man. Th- baby, Tht, unleash him, unleash him. We'll watch the Lakers carefully over the next few weeks to see uh, if they can stay afloat while their two guys are out. 
everybody has been like shitting on LeBron for not being able to win games without Anthony Davis this year, but it was mostly because Dennis Schroeder was out. Dennis brings a completely different element to this Lakers team because LeBron otherwise has to do the whole show. And whenever LeBron's not on the court, there is not a primary ball handler. Mm -hmm. Alex Caruso is not that. And Alex Russo was injured throughout this too, like uh, at times. Marcus Soule, while he does distribute, is not a ball handler. All he's going to do is like sit at the top of the key and find back cutters. But with Dennis Schrader and LeBron James playing together, this is still the number one seed in the West. That's how they were playing when Dennis came back. So I don't want it to get through people's head that the Lakers were that much worse just because of the Anthony Davis injury. There were so many factors and also all of the shooters who were on a super, super hot streak ended up coming back down to the earth. So Yeah, well, it's crazy. I mean, the Lakers only have two players that can penetrate off the dribble, and that's LeBron and Dennis. That's it. Like, they don't have anybody else who can create their own shot off the dribble like that. I mean, AD kind of, but his, his game's a little bit different, right? Like he kind of operates out of the post and, and does that. And but, he's, and he's the role but, man or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dennis is incredibly important because otherwise like, you know, you, you kind of need dribble penetration to get the rest of your offense flowing. Otherwise there's, there's no, like the defense doesn't collapse. The defense doesn't move. Right. Um, yeah, it could be the we'll THT see. show for the next couple of weeks. Also, I mean, uh, off the it, bench, six man, he he can ball on second units. Yeah, I think so too. I I think that the Lakers, they're not going to be great. They're, they might even be sub five hundred, but they're going to win a couple games. I mean, last year the Lakers without AD and and LeBron would have won zero games. So, over the next two weeks, who will win more games, the Los Angeles Lakers or the Minnesota Timberwolves? Wolves. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. All right. In our final piece of real stupid news, the city of Miami Beach has imposed an 8 p.m. curfew on Saturday in the South Beach Entertainment District with closures of major causeways to control an overwhelming spring break crowd. On Friday night, partying crowds broke into street fights, trashed restaurants and gathered without wearing masks or social distancing. Have you seen the pictures of this, Dylan? I have not, but Chalenga told me that he's going to Florida for spring break. So uh, what say you, Chalenga? Were you there? Uh, I am not. I, I am. I'm here. I'm coming to you live from Florida. And let me tell you, I'm in a crowd of about a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred people. I how, many have you, barely... how many have you had sex with? Eight, nine. It's it's hard to know. There's a lot of drugs in my system right now. Uh but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, there's a lot of people coughing. People look pretty sickly down here. I'll be coming home soon. No, I'm not going to Florida for spring break anymore. I'm going to the Ozarks. Oh, yeah, that's the right. Pictures, <laughs> the pictures of this are crazy. They're crazy. I mean, it's like seas of people just partying in the streets. It, it's wild. And it hurts because it's all black people. Like, it's all black people. Or brown, it's probably just, probably a lot of Cubans, or right? Yeah, Hispanic. it's yeah, it's all black and brown people, and I'm like, y'all, come on, don't do this, you know. I, although I do wonder if like the city would have had the same reaction if it were if it were white people. I um, think that they would. There in the Ozarks, uh, coincidentally, in the lakes of the Ozarks, there were some like social distance parties that were happening last summer, and those were highly uh, covered by Twitter, at least, you know. So. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. okay. Well, we'll I, see I just, how the Ozarks look. Well, no, but you're going to be we, camping, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm going to be camping. I'm, it's going to be just me and a friend in the wilderness. <laughs> you know, it's going to, we're not yeah, going to no. be partying. We're going to be doing deep reflection. No, this is like Lake Minnetonka 4th of July type partying. Like people were mm -hmm. like boat to boat to boat in these expensive white people yachts, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I remember seeing that. Yeah, I do remember seeing that. That was fucking wild. All right, enough of this news. Let's talk about some Timberwolves. How about Thursday, Friday night? The Timberwolves played the Phoenix Suns back-to-back -back in the first game. The uh, Timberwolves came back from, like, 16 down in the yeah, fourth. Like that. And they won the game 123 to 119 on the back of Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards putting up 41 points and 42 points, respectively. It was quite the game, Dylan. They beat Kobe together. Kobe's 81-point game, of course. <laughs> um that is that the most points ever scored by a timberwolves duo i know that there was a double 40 point game the timberwolves versus the lakers but i feel like that was like less than 83 i don't know i think that yeah, was I like don't know. 40, 82 or 81 it might be it's it's i didn't see that on twitter and i feel like i would have seen that on twitter had that's it true. been the the highest so that's true. Um, there was probably like a, a 50 point game somewhere around there where someone had also like a 30 or 35 point game. So, but Anthony Edwards did become one of the youngest dudes to uh, score 40 points. And the list is crazy. Best. Yeah. It's like him and LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. I and think Carmelo's who's the, who's below him. One? Yeah. Carmelo's below him. I think it goes LeBron and then KD, maybe. Yeah, Kevin Durant, then Ant, then uh, Carmelo Anthony. So that that was pretty crazy to see. So after after this weekend, the the big question is, I, you know, I saw a lot on Twitter. A lot of people were like, "Well, Ant is better than Lamelo now. It's proven. He scored forty points." Blah blah blah. I think Lamelo also had he had. I think his season has a thirty four point game. Mm. Anthony Edwards also had, a, I think, a 34, 34 point game. Anthony Edwards had that in a win. Anthony Edwards had forty two in a win. And LaMelo mm -hmm. Ball had his in a loss. Yep. Is LaMelo Ball playing better basketball right now? Still? Maybe. He's actually been in quite a slump, even in terms of advanced statistics and everything. He's haunting. He He's haunting all of us. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not I just know, me. Yeah. It's every Wolves. There are Wolves fans say that he, now Anthony Edwards is for sure rookie of the year and anyone else is dumb. And that's not true. <laughs> this, this is still not a race. Until Anthony Edwards scores 50 points, it's this is still not a race. We we discussed this last week. It won't be a race until Anthony Edwards scores 50. We said it was possible. It's still possible. It, there's not a lot of time before D'Lo comes back, and it, it's probably more likely to happen without D'Lo, so Ant better hurry up. But uh, until he scores 50, it's still LaMelo. It's going to be LaMelo. And there just aren't going to be enough shots for Ant when both Beasley and D'Angelo Russell come back. Yeah, I mean the the Hornets will likely make the playoffs. I mean they'll they'll at least make the play in, and I, I think the Wolves will probably be like close to five hundred the rest of the season, just based on how they've been playing. If the Hornets make the playoffs, then like it's not a, even a question. Like Lamelo is just the rookie of the year. If they don't, then I think you know it it'll kind of depend on how that like the season ends. Like if Ant ends on a super hot streak and and the Hornets slump out of the playoffs then you know maybe there's a conversation but until then i mean it's it's lamello but let me let's i i just want to share with you the the stats 
uh, post All Star break for Ant versus Lamelo. So Ant is scoring 27 points, six rebounds a game, and almost three assists per game. Lamelo in the six games since the All Star break is at 16 and a half points, uh, four almost five rebounds, and five assists. So Ant's scoring has been up, up, up. It's been crazy, man. Yeah, the scoring specifically, nothing else really, because. One of the problems with Anthony Edwards as he's been scoring more is he has not been passing better. He actually has been passing worse. At the beginning of the season, his passing was awesome, especially when he's off the bench. And I think that's probably because passing lanes are a little bit wider when you're playing against less athletic players. But uh, his assist to turnover ratio has officially gone into the negative, which is not necessarily a great sign, but I, I still do believe that Anthony Edwards has that potential to be a secondary ball handler on a good offense. So, and and let's remember that even if Lamelo Ball was drafted by the Wolves, he would not be playing as well as he's playing in Charlotte. Let's be let's be yeah, realistic here. The real the real question is like, okay, so we take Lamelo Ball number one overall. We still have to defend him to the grave because he was picked above anybody else. First of all. Mm-hmm. And we'd be mm-hmm. nervous right now because let's just say LaMelo Ball would also be in a, in a slump. But he would be in a slump from whatever Ryan Saunders got him to do versus James Borrego, who is Uh-oh. getting LaMelo Ball to like play at like a starter level on a playoff team. There's no, no way that Ryan Saunders would have gotten LaMelo Ball to play at the level that he's playing right or that he was playing at the beginning of the season. No way in hell. Well, and it's like, would LaMelo even like Lamelo didn't start the season starting but like with D'Lo healthy would Lamelo start I like I'm I'm not sure you know with, like with D'Lo and Malik both healthy and available would Lamelo be in the starting lineup it'd be tough defensively because Lamelo is right now just being shaded on defense by playing the worst guard on the floor mm-hmm. that's basically what's going on because Terry Rozier is a solid defender and so that actually works for them and that would not work in Minnesota at all. No, 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 it wouldn't. And it especially works for them because LaMelo is great at reading passing lanes. And so he's great at getting a steal off the pass and then, you know, getting in transition. But as far as one-on-one defense, it's like, he's uh, he's thin. He doesn't move laterally that well. Whereas Ant kind of shows the makings of a really quality defender. He's not quite there yet, but he's he's shown some potential. The, the other exciting uh, pieces of uh, Wolves news is that Ricky Rubio is back. The Ricky Rubio that we saw at the beginning of the season and everyone demanded leave Minnesota (laughs) immediately uh, is gone. And Ricky, he's quietly moved to 32% from three on the season, which considering that he was at 18% for like a long stretch is really impressive. His shooting has been great recently. We all knew that Ricky was going to play better. And I think that the whole league kind of knows that the magic were still interested in him as a trade option. I mean, of course, maybe Ricky Rubio is going to, I think that they likely are. I mean, maybe that is the coming out of the wolves uh, just trying to get something for Ricky Rubio. But I, I think that he's shown so much throughout his career. He's only 30 years old that they, that a lot of front offices knew that he was a lot. Most of the smart people in basketball knew that he was still playing himself into shape. I also think feel like it's it's felt this season like he's been turning the ball over a ton. Like it just feels like every you know, every other time down the floor he throws an errant pass or there's a miscommunication and the ball goes out of bounds, but he's actually turning the ball over less than he has like 
ever in his in his career. And he, I mean, he's only playing 26 minutes a game, which is low. I mean, he was up at 30 with uh, Phoenix and, and Utah, but he was turning the ball over, you know, three times a game with those teams. And he's he's at he's at two turnovers a game. So I think that we have been too harsh on Ricky Rubio and he's showing up again. And it, and it looks really awesome. If just Ricky Rubio can not be a floor spacer, but just get a defender on him at the three point line, then the Wolves have a dangerous, well, now a dangerous bench, right? And that means Josh well, can play. That's just what it means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is I think this is a good transition point here because I I mean, theoretically, based on what we've seen, I mean, since the all-star break, I think specifically. It seems like the the Timberwolves should have a pretty solid bench unit once Malik and D'Angelo Russell come back. But I'm wondering how Ricky Rubio will fit back into this backup role, how Ricky Rubio will look playing next to D'Angelo Russell. How will will D'Angelo Russell buy into like Chris Finch's shit? Will he like defer to Carl and Anthony Edwards? Like Rubio and, and Carl are playing so well together right now. I find myself feeling a little bit nervous about reincorporating, you know, not so much Malik Beasley, but I mean, specifically D'Angelo Russell. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's almost like so when you have a bad team that's also injured, there really aren't any stakes when you're watching the game. But now that we're playing fine and then you have the team also getting healthier, the stakes are getting higher and higher and higher. And it's just it. It's going to it's going to be we're going to get back to the good old Timberwolves watching where we're worried 24 seven, we're worried 48 minutes a game, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'm writing a piece this week about Carl Anthony Towns and, and his passing over the past few games. And, you know, we've gotten little peeks at him bringing the ball up the floor um, and the offense. I mean, we're getting it to him in the high post every like pretty much every other time down the floor i mean the offense is really running through him right now and it looks good i mean he's good at it he is i I mean we've known this for a long time he is a brilliant like generational offensive player he is incredible so when d'angelo russell comes back i I mean what we saw at the beginning of the season was an incredibly ball dominant guard someone who who really dribbled the the shit out of the ball who who took contested twos and obviously i mean we've learned that that there was some beef between delo and ryan saunders and they didn't they they were not simpatico you know they didn't get along i don't know i i I worry that delo is going to take the ball out of carl's hands and ant's hands and if he can't get back to that like 2018 19 delo like scoring and, and facilitation I don't know if that's going to make the team better, you know? I just want to point out, right now, I just searched D'Angelo Russell in Google. Currently, I am the number one option in the news stories. Like, the first, hey. the very first thing. How do D'Angelo Congrats, Russell man. and Malik Beasley fit when they return? Hey! Wow. This means we Way to it. go. <laughs> yeah, man, that's like, that's it is the best feeling in the world to to Google the Timberwolves and see your article up top. That's like... Yeah, it's amazing. It's a dream Don't come worry, true. Don't worry, Chalanka. I will always forget you, <laughs> dude. I've been, I, I've been the number one, you know, article up. I've been there, so oh, don't worry okay. about it. <laughs> um. Anyway, I, I no, think, but I think Angel Russell needs to learn how to be the pass before the assist. Mm-hmm. Right now, D'Angelo Russell has that like Trey Young maybe Kyrie Irving 
type of mentality where it's like, or James Harden at times, or definitely Russell Westbrook, where it's like they want to make the pass that leads to the bucket. Or maybe it's also mm-hmm. part of like their mind, the way that their mind thinks, like not necessarily that they're that they need to make the assist pass, but like that's the the pass that they see. And they don't mm-hmm. see the other passes on the court as much. And you need mm-hmm. to think ahead of thinking ahead, really, in order to make the pass before the assist. So whether that's even D'Angelo Russell being willing to every time get the ball in the high post at the elbow for Carl Anthony Towns, or whether that's just him getting the ball to Carl on a cut where Carl then finds the kick out. And maybe it's back to D'Lo, but that's what D'Lo is going to have to be willing to do for the rest of the season. And there's going to have to be ball movement and not just D'Angelo Russell playing the pick and roll. Because really, the reality is that none of these players optimally on the Timberwolves roster, except Ed Davis, (laughs) is a pick and roll player. They are all better at something else. Right, right, right. You know, Carl, Carl's really pick up. He's actually Carl is not a not a pick and roll player. Like he. He never rolls. He always pops. Like he's he just yeah. he does not roll. That's not his game. But um, even if he he's not even like his best isn't as a pick and pop player either. No, he needs the ball in his hands. I mean, he's the creator. Yeah. Well, and here's my thing. It's it's like you said, it's all about D'Angelo Russell buy-in. If you don't like acknowledge that D'Angelo Russell is is the second best guy on this team, like skill-wise, then you're like you're a fool. He just is. Right now, you know, I think there are other players that that could surpass him. Anthony Edwards, I mean, for example. But right now, he's the second best guy, and and so if if the second best guy can buy into the scheme that is working and and make the scheme that's that is working happen, then that is that that's a good thing. But if the second best guy can't be a part of that scheme, it's not like you can just bench him. And so it's all about buy-in, you know, will D'Angelo Russell do what Finch is preaching or will he do D'Angelo Russell ball? That's really the question. The reality of D'Angelo Russell's play is that, yes, when he has been on the court, coincidentally, the team has been bad. And a lot of that does have to do with his unwillingness to transition on defense. But I do believe we have seen it in moments we have seen him be able to play effective defense. I mean, he played some of the best defense that I've seen a Timberwolf play against Jimmy Butler in the clutch last year against Miami <laughs> when he blocked that shot. Yeah. That was awesome. I mean, that was that was some team defense. There was there was three Timberwolves up trying to block that shot. You know, but he blocked it. He was the guy. Don't get it twisted. D'Angelo Russell can, when he puts his mind to it, be the guy on defense, not the guy like as in the best guy on the court but he can be the guy that you need him to be. So I think that all of this D'Angelo Russell hate is overrated. I mean, obviously, as Timberwolves fans, we all think this, but I am probably more of an objective Timberwolves fan. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is an amazing player, but his box plus minus still is 0.4, which means, and it's positive, which means that he's a quality starter. He's above average starter. And that means that he does fit on a team where he's not the best player on the team. And he's never played as a Timberwolf as someone who was the, the second best player on the team because he's played five games with Cat. And he might even yep. have, not even have to be that. But okay, so his on-off numbers are fucking atrocious though. His differential, his point differential, just on-off court point differential is negative 11.4, which puts him in the ninth percentile uh, amongst players. That's very terrible. 
But when you consider who he's been playing with, I think it has a lot to do with that. I think that the probably the box plus minus is more indicative based on D'Angelo Russell playing with a lot of players who are really bad and having to start with those players against teams that were highly superior in terms of talent. I think it says more about that than it does about who D'Angelo Russell is. I think the box plus minus probably says more about who D'Angelo Russell is overall. I think he's an above average starter still. Well, and then also we have to remember that like Ryan Saunders, what we've learned is that he didn't have like a a philosophy. He didn't have a point of view. He didn't have any any strong uh, idea of what this team should be doing. And so when you leave D'Angelo Russell without any structure, he's going to play D'Angelo Russell ball. That's why Jordan McLaughlin looked so good with Ryan Saunders coaching him is because he also played the same style of ball where he's just in the pick and roll all the time. I mean, Jordan mm-hmm. McLaughlin is probably making a little bit of better decisions just based off of how D'Lo was shooting. I mean, he, he just was not making his mid-range shots a lot. And right. uh, Jordan McLaughlin was, was more willing to get to the basket, although obviously he was blocked a lot because well j-mac just isn't gonna play if he if he's going four for 12 every game like he's just not gonna play like you know what i mean d-lo doesn't have that same repercussion right so but i i just think also with d-lo being reined in i think i think j-mac is gonna be reined in because he's not gonna be able to play pick and roll with nas every play and that was effective for the wolves but the problem was was it didn't help us get back on defense and so i'm wondering if J-Mac even has a spot on this team, even if Rubio or D'Lo get hurt for the rest of the season, because like Jalen Noel has shown that he can play in this pace and space type of offense that Chris Finch wants to run. And it requires a lot of length in order to do that. And Mm -hmm. so the article I wrote this this week was basically about how with Beasley and D'Lo coming back, there are going to be a lot of players that are not going to get minutes And there are going to be a lot of Mad Wolves fans about this. Like, in my article, I had an 11-man rotation. The 11th guy was Josh Okoge. And I think Josh Okoge has to play on a a good Timberwolves team. But you need spacing around him. And some of the players that we don't, that are going to be out of the rotation are, like, Jarrett Culver, obviously Ed Davis. Mm -hmm. Jared Vanderbilt, because he just, he doesn't space at all. And does he have another offensive skill? No, according to Chalenga. (laughs) Uh, on Twitter and J Mac. I just don't think name one the- Dylan name it, name an offensive skill that, that J- Jared Vanderbilt has. That is like, he can't pick quality. what he can roll. He could jump. I, I don't think that's an offensive skill though. That's just athleticism, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He's a solid finisher. He is a solid finisher, but then yeah, again, yeah, he, he, solid he finisher for his size. He's six foot mm-hmm. seven, maybe 180 pounds. He's tiny. Like yeah. he is no he's not, bigger. He's more than 180 pounds. He's probably like 215. Come on. But he's like he is not much bigger than Jaden McDaniel. He's he's probably skinnier than Jaden McDaniels, I think, at this point, in my opinion. He just looks very slender. A lot of it is muscle, and muscle weighs more than fat. I get it. But mm-hmm. he's just an undersized five. And it's just gonna be tough for him to play if he has doesn't have like an elite offensive skill. Yo, to this on Twitter this weekend, uh John Krasinski tweeted out like Man, Jared Vanderbilt can dribble. That's really a part of his game. And I was like, who the fuck are you watching? Like, <laughs> I, I have seen him dribble the ball into nothing so <laughs> many, on a fast break so many times this season. 
it's like it, every time he grabs the ball and gets it and gets going in transition, I'm like, please, God, let him pass the ball. Let him pass the ball. I think I think what he saw was that time when Vanderbilt got it. He went in transition. I think he passed to Ant. And then Ant passed it right back to him for the easy lay-in. And I was like, okay, that was nice. But he wasn't really doing the dribbling. He passed the ball. Yeah, uh, when, but anytime when there was any Jared Vanderbilt dribbles, it's a it it's a turnover. Like when Jared Vanderbilt dribbles, it's a turnover. So like whatever. I I'm not a fan, but we know this. Yeah. I and the reality is that there's only a spot for one non-spacer in an offense that wants to be a pace and space offense. And that's mm-hmm. probably gonna go to Josh Akogi because he's just looked so awesome since Ricky Rubio started shooting the ball, really. That's what that's I think that that unlocks Josh Akogi ultimately. So unfortunately, hopefully we can get something for Jared Vanderbilt because he has shown out and like for the right team, I think he does deserve minutes. That's the thing. After after the 10th guy in the Timberwolves, every single player deserves minutes on mm-hmm. some team, maybe not a playoff team, but some team and has value because a lot of these players are young. So whatever, whatever Rosas can do to package these guys together, maybe there is that star trade. And I think it's probably Malik Beasley coming up because that fit with Ant just does not make sense. And that's another thing that my article was about was like, how long do we go before Malik Beasley is traded? Because Anthony Edwards is now playing shooting guard and playing out of his mind. He's doing great. I mean, the ideal would be if you could, I mean, Ant has said that he likes Rubio, but in a vacuum, the ideal would be if you could package Ant and Rubio together to get that third star, right? I mean, that's that's the salary right there. That's 30 million. Wait. And, and Rubio? Oh, sorry. I mean uh, Malik. Malik oh my and God. Rubio. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry. 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 I didn't I didn't mean to break your brain. Uh, I, I, but I, I want to backtrack a little bit. because I, I, I think that Josh Kogi playing is tough with Jalen Noel also playing because like Ant, Josh Kogi is so much better at the two than he is at the three. Like watching Josh Kogi defend Devin Booker over the weekend reminded me and every other Timberwolves fan why he was such a favorite the past couple of years. Because when he's guarding the best guard on the other team, sayonara, you know what I mean? Like he blocked James, like that James Harden step back block. That's like an all-time Timberwolves play. Like we love that. But he this season he's been tasked with guarding threes and fours and he just can't do that. He's too little. Yeah, he can kind of guard the three, but not any of the best threes in the league, of course. Yeah, so, no, he's not that, a, He's not your LeBron James stopper. Yeah, no, and any of the best threes are 6'8", and just uh, they their effective height is just so much greater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, like, and, so, and so personally, like, next to Rubio at the two, I, I want Jalen Noel playing because... I, I mean, Rubio can set him up. Um, although Jalen Noel kind of operates with the ball in his hands, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. The, I think the what I, what I learned from your article specifically, Dylan, is that there are so many pieces on this Wolves roster, and at full strength, it's hard to piece together what the rotation is going to be. And, and I think we saw that too with Ryan a little bit. He he had no idea who to play. You know, he was playing twelve right. guys some nights. You and know? so. I had Jalen Noel in the ninth spot, and I know that that seems low for you, but in reality, like, what use is Jalen Noel when Malik Beasley is playing his minutes as, like, mm-hmm. he's he's probably one of the first subs out, 
and then he plays with the backups. That's what he was doing yep. when he was most effective this year, right? Well, and and Malik is honestly more useful because he is incredible at the catch and shoot. So you can you can play him off of screens, and he's got like such a quick trigger in the catch and shoot that that's like that's great. Whereas Jalen Noel kind of needs the ball in his hands a little if he really is going to get going, you know? Yeah. So I feel like if if this team is in is at its best, it's not a ten man rotation. It's like an eight or nine man rotation, and that probably leaves Jalen Noel out of it. Because mm-hmm. I think I had Nas at number 10, but he has to play kind of because he's our only backup center option, really. Yes, he has to. So, unfortunately, and he's, pl- and he's playing well. Yet. Like, Nas Reed is playing well. I, I, yeah. Nas Reed has convinced me this season. I was not sure about him at the beginning of the season, but, like, he has convinced me that he is an NBA player. He has he been playing so well. He is a, an above-average backup center in the league. And any team would be lucky to have him as a as their backup center for sure. Dude, when he drives to the basket from from the three point line, like, he does it four or five times a game, where he he pump fakes, drives to the basket from all the way from the three point line, and it is like an automatic bucket every time he does it. I was like, I, I'm like, that's going in, like no yeah. no doubt. So, but what I'm wondering is, it's probably better if Malik Beasley's actually playing more often with the non starters with the bench, and. Jalen Noel is maybe out of the rotation completely. And Mm -hmm. that's just something that we're going to have to discover as Timberwolves fans is that like, we can't have all of our favorite bench play. We can't all be Logan Alton's hoping for uh, Ashton Haggins appearance every game. You know, yikes. Yikes. RIP Ashton Haggins. RIP Logan Alton. He also got canceled because he loves the lime greens. Dude. Yeah, look, I'm I'm okay with Jalen Noel. I mean, I'm like I'm totally fine with these guys not playing. I mean, that's just like a part of basketball. But I the reality is, the is artic- that maybe they should play though. But we need to trade. We need to that that thirty million that Ricky Rubio. Like, just imagine if we get. I don't know who the who the thirty million would be. Maybe it's Brad Beal or something like that. But just imagine well, if we if we can get that from Malik, Ricky Rubio, and some and maybe some picks. But what if we can get that and get the third player, be able to have Ant working off the bench and also playing, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. starting. And then we can get Jalen Noel as one of like maybe a primary or half a primary ball handler for the for the bench. Okay, what Ant. about this? What about this? I just thought of this right now. I think that Otto Porter Jr. makes about 27 this season. If we could package Malik and Rubio plus get a like a pick this year, maybe a pick next year, and get Otto Porter Jr. and clear thirty million off our books next season, that would be huge. Because like the Wolves, like look the, the finances of the Wolves looking forward are dire. The Wolves are gonna have to do work to dodge the luxury tax every year for the next four years. And for a team that I'm not even sure is a playoff team, you're not even sure is a playoff team. Being oh, that close I, I'm to the sure tax, next year that that the Wolves are a playoff team, I guarantee it. I I have to see it. I have to see it. I have to see it. Um, regardless, in the I mean, playoff game, it play or they'll be in the playing game, and I think the playing game is going to stay. Regardless, I think that the Wolves are not a good enough team to like pay the tax for. Like I, I just no. don't think they are. Of course, so that's, if... that's literally the reason why we don't want John Collins to be on the Timberwolves. <laughs> that is an automatic tax. John Collins puts and... the Timberwolves in the tax automatically. Right, and so like if you could 
get Otto Porter here so that one, you could see what this lineup looks like with like a lineup that makes sense. Like this team, if they have five players starting who are playing the proper position, like this team will look a lot different. And then you can start Jared Vanderbilt in a lineup with Otto Porter at the three because you've got enough spacing with D'Lo and and Ant and off the bench, Porter. start. I mean, you could start him. I mean, you could start Jaden McDaniels. I mean, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. You just it, you just equated Jared Vanderbilt to Jaden McDaniels? I'm saying that, that Jared Vanderbilt brings some energy to the starting lineup that isn't necessarily there. You know, he gets people going. Yeah, that's kind of the case for the Jake Lehman start, too, is that just starting the game off with that kind of energy is important. Mm-hmm. Especially you because D'Lo is sleepy. He's a sleepy guy, you know? If he doesn't get going, then, like, it could be tough. And Cat's a little bit sleepy out there, too. Yeah, Cat jogs a lot. D'Lo just doesn't play fat. Like, Cat will at least, uh, when he has the ball in his hands, will always play play hard and fast. D'Lo will never, he'll always take his time. But what do you think about that, like, and maybe it's not Otto Porter Jr., but insert expiring $27 million contract here. I am never into an expiring deal, to be honest, just because I don't know what the Wolves are going to do with cap space. There's nothing good right now for the cap space, right? Like Victor Oladipo is the prize. I don't think so. I don't want Victor Oladipo to be the third guy. We already have Anthony Edwards, who is or maybe is already at the Victor Oladipo level. And so, and next year, the sky's the limit, right? And with Victor Oladipo, it's like we've already seen who Victor Oladipo is pre-injury and it's like a fringe all-star and that's great but that's not who he is now and so the hope with Victor Oladipo is that he can get to 75 percent of what that is but with Anthony Edwards the the hope is that he can get to multiple all-star teams and so like right now what are the Wolves are gonna do with that cap space I'm not talking cap space though I'm just talking about avoiding the luxury tax like maybe we maybe we re-sign Otto Porter Jr to two years 26 million you know like do you think is he worth 13 million a year he's he's been injured but like yeah i don't know if he can stay on the court that's hugely problematic for a team that wants to win like you don't like it's one thing to take a risk on a star who's injury prone but like when you're taking a risk on the guy that you need to start but is like the fourth or fifth guy that's dangerous that just puts Cat in 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 a bad position again, and we don't right. need that for Cat. We need to put him in the best position possible. So we need someone who can be on the court. Right, right. And, but and and again, it's not necessarily Otto Porter Jr. But I, I think that there's, it would be beneficial, not for the cap space, but just to avoid the tax, to turn those two expensive players into one expensive player you know i i just think that i don't know i i'm i'm wary about glenn's willingness to pay the tax and the team is going to get sold well they paid like, the tax last year so obviously he's willing to pay the tax well i i know but like th- but then the team gets sold and what, what like what what does the new owner feel about paying the tax for this team i don't know it's just like i think it's beneficial for the wolves to not pay the tax yeah sure i think though that in order to win you have to pay the tax the bucks learned it the houston rockets begrudgingly learned it teams are going to have to pay the tax eventually in order to win Uh, eventually but the wolves aren't the wolves aren't there yet if you start paying the tax where do you go from there 
You know, no, no, no. Like I if, get it. If the Wolves, if the Wolves had made the playoffs the past two seasons, I'd be like, yeah, pay the tax. Like, come on, like we got this team is young and they've made the playoffs and and they could, you know, in three years maybe we could win a championship. You know, but we're not there yet. We're like so far from there. But one thing that we haven't even taken in, into account in this conversation is that the cap did not go up this year. The cap is exactly where it was last year and it was supposed to go up, but they decided, Nope, in a pandemic year, we're going to have it stay the same. So in all likelihood, I think there's a greater than 50% chance that the cap goes up more than normal this next year in anticipation of hopefully arenas being filled, but more importantly, just like the TV deals alone are enough. The TV deals that they get are what fuels this league. So I, I just, I, I doubt that going into the tax is as big of an issue as we are making it right now. We were able to skirt the tax, even though we paid last year by having the exact same salary tax line. So if, mm-hmm. if it goes way up, then sky's the limit. Like the, uh, what could end up happening is that there is another big bump, like in the Kevin Durant free agency year that could mm-hmm. lead to some team getting stacked. So maybe, mm-hmm. In that sense, it is not a bad idea to like pay money right now. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad idea ever for the Wolves to pay money. So if, if it does mean like clearing cap space, any clearing cap space Timberwolves fan, you can unfollow now. Yeah, I just like, we, need like your, I said, we need your downloads. I, I do not care about cap space. I just I, I'm I'm more wary of paying the tax than you are, especially in an ownership transition. It makes me nervous. But it shouldn't be too hard to skirt it for at least next year. And that's the point is for that, sure. that, that is the test. That is the litmus test for what this wolves team can be. It can't be this season, obviously with all the injuries, we don't know what the wolves team can be, but if cat mm-hmm. and Elo are healthy all year round next year, then we can know whether we go into the tax or not. But for now, like just, I don't know what cap space is going to get you anyway. Yeah. I think that we should not count on Delo being healthy for a full season. He has only played one healthy season in his whole career so you know he is uh quite quite injury prone but who knows that could change maybe after the surgery he'll he'll feel a little bit better i want to clarify that this wasn't just like a surgery that needed to happen right away it was more of a preventative surgery and i'm right. i like it was like the scotty pippen surgery where it was like oh you could have had this over the off season but you just decided to have it now in the middle of the season it almost felt like that it, maybe the wolves told him, well, since those are there, let's do this. We'll come back next year. We're going to be strong and we'll be healthy. We'll have a strong mm-hmm. end of the year. And then we'll go into next year. Uh, guns a blazing because it was just bodies in the knee. It wasn't like it was a torn anything. So no, no, no. I, but I'm saying like, uh, yeah, 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 I get you. I get you. So this is an injury prone. This is a preventative measure for the future, which is great. A great thing for the wolves franchise that it happened this yes, year it is. in a year that didn't matter anyway. But yeah, I don't I don't want to trade Malik yet. Like I think that Malik is really valuable to this team and I really like him. Like I like watching him play. I like rooting for him. I think that he is a super weird dude and I I, I like appreciate that. Based on what I've seen on his Instagram, he's trying to grow and learn from his shit and and I respect that. I appreciate that. And I like Ricky Rubio too. So I'm not advocating that we trade them for nothing i just think it's interesting to think about trying to clear cap space while also putting together a roster that just makes more sense as far as fit that's true if we could get a good amount for beasley like obviously we would need a lot more than 
just Otto Porter Jr. If we get rid of Malik Beasley and even Ricky Rubio, who is an average, like that would be their solution at point guard, essentially, because I don't think Kobe White is going to be like ever an above average starting point guard. Right. So having Ricky Rubio mm-hmm. is gonna, would be really great for them and is an asset. So if there is a way for the Timberwolves to get back a first round pick, I'm not saying it's necessarily the Wolves or the Bulls first round pick because I think that they probably want that badly. But if they can get a first round pick from a different team who's not necessarily looking to pick this year, I think that'd be great because the Wolves without a first round pick this year are kind of sitting ducks. It, it, it sucks to not have a pick in the first round of this draft. Yeah, it, it does. It does. I think Ricky Rubio would make the Bulls a lot better actually oh. like they are kind of desperate for some point guard play right now they they loved sataransky two years ago if you love sataransky i mean ricky rubio is going to be a god in chicago <laughs> dude and then kobe white and malik beasley coming off the bench are you kidding me Ooh, that's, that's some serious team. firepower that's a serious that's, playoff team yeah and then you could you know move patrick williams up to the three marketing in at the four carter at the five and you got yourself you got yourself a team i you like know? that as much or better than the Hawks, even with Nate McMillan as the coach. Yeah, the 8-0 Hawks under Nate McMillan. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. Congratulations, Nate. We all knew it would happen. <laughs> yeah, I I thought he should not have gotten fired by Indiana. I was disappointed by that firing. And look, they're not playing that well this year, although they've they've had a lot of injury yeah. shit and trades and whatnot. So, yeah, um, I, I they've been playing pretty well still considering. But yeah. I, I think yeah, yeah. I get it. Cause like, it's a complacency fire and in sports, you can't be complacent. You have to make a move. Mm -hmm. And they, they gave Nate McMillan like an adequate shot with some pretty good teams. I mean, he was there for what five seasons. That's a good tenure for a coach. So, and I also like the movement with Nate McMillan coaching Trey young. This is just so much more interesting than if he were in Mm -hmm. Indiana this year. I'm, I'm almost glad, especially if they keep Nate McMillan coaching in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. They're, They're looking really good. They're looking very good. All right. Well, that was a good one, Dylan. We got a lot out we in ca- that one. Yeah, we kind of went off on that. It's been that's what happens when we don't talk for a whole week. <laughs> so the the Wolves upcoming games, the Wolves have uh Oklahoma City on Monday tonight, then Dallas on Wednesday, I believe, and then a back to back Saturday, Sunday against Houston. Or is it Friday, Saturday against Houston? Houston just lost their twentieth game in a row this season. So looking at that, I mean, will Houston end their losing streak against the Wolves? I hope not. But this stretch looks like all four of these games are winnable. It, yeah. So it seems like the Wolves should come out of this stretch three and one. I think so, too. It should probably be the Thunder and the two Rockets games. If we can sneak out that Mavs win, that's great. But they're kind of desperate right now, too. So yeah, they are. It is Friday, Saturday, by the way. And Malik Beasley comes back on Saturday. So sick that is awesome. I think uh is looking like he could come back as early as tomorrow. Well, look, and the the thing about the Wolves versus the Mavericks with Luka Doncic is that like I don't know if there's a better equipped player to guard Luka in the league than Josh Okogie. So, ooh, looking forward to that. Yeah, me okay. too. That's going to be a good battle. When Delo's back, who are the five players on the on the court to start the game and to finish? Dilo, I think Dilo and Josh McDaniels and Cat makes sense to me. I also think that that makes sense just because I think that the Mavs are kind of smaller, even with mm-hmm. Josh Richardson 
playing uh, in place of Seth Curry, they still play as if Luca is the small forward defensively. So mm-hmm. Josh Akogi on Luca works totally. I don't even know what is like their their most common starting lineup in this season. I'm because Kristaps has been hurt so much. Has it been Luca, Josh, Finney Smith? Like, does he start for them? So the Mavericks have started Moxie Kleba and Kristaps Porzingis most recently against the Portland Trailblazers on Friday. Uh, okay, that's pretty big. Spots. Yeah, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is their three technically, but Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh yeah, could I be forgot about three him. Three or two. So I feel like I feel like Ant can can guard Tim Hardaway Jr. You have Josh Okoge maybe guarding Luka Doncic. Just you you take Josh Okoge out of the game anytime Luka's not playing, but I think he could really give him hell. And then with D'Lo, you have him guarding Josh Richardson or Tim Hardaway actually. So I I think that that works really well because D'Lo is also six five. Let's not forget. Yeah, he's big. Well, and then, like, you know, Porzingis matched up against Jaden McDaniels. I mean, that's a little bit scary, but Porzingis has not been very good this year. It's not like he's going to abuse McDaniels in the paint. I mean, he's also thin, and he's not really a post player. Like, Jaden can chase him around the perimeter and stay in front of him and, you know, probably get his hands on the ball, poke it away. Um, yeah, you I, I think that's you're, a pretty decent message, match, you're matchup. Af- you're afraid of... Jaden McDaniels on Kristaps, I'm like, I'm fucking slobbering over this. I'm <laughs> ruling currently. Uh, <laughs> and then Kat uh, should be able to eat up Maxi Kleba. Oh my God. Um, yeah, this seems like, th- yeah, I mean, 4 and 0 probably won't happen, <laughs> but it, it's a winnable stretch of games for sure. Absolutely. Also, on Saturday, March 27th, Malik Beasley comes back. What's the starting lineup? That'll be D'Lo, Beasley, Ant, McDaniel's, and Towns probably. I, I, I we'll see. I mean, I, it's going to kind of depend on how Jaden plays, whether he stays in the starting lineup or not. Uh, I don't know. And I could see Finch also just switching up that four spot pretty constantly to see what works between Daniels, Vanderbilt, and Wancho. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's my thing about like Vanderbilt maybe lo- maybe losing out. He's gotten down to five minutes a game now. Or like in in this past game, and then I think in the last mm-hmm. game too, even before that, like he, he his minutes have been steadily decreasing since Finch became coach. So I'm wondering if that's the D installation, and if the installation is Juancho, maybe as the starter. But I think Jaden McDaniel's long term, and I think Finch knows it. Everybody's worried that Finch doesn't know it, but I think Finch knows that Jaden McDaniel's is the future at the four. Well, and what we've we noticed right away that Finch likes ball handlers out on the court and Jared Vanderbilt is not Wancho is not a great ball handler either, but he attacks off the dribble like fairly regularly. Actually. Yeah, I don't like he, it, but he does. I actually don't hate it. I think it's, it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. He's better. Th- I think he's got the best ball handling of any of the fours, unless you're counting Jake Lehman. And I'm not because Jake Lehman cannot play four defensively. So, uh, and Jake Lehman is a three. We learned that this year. I think that both Jaden McDaniels and Juancho have shown more ball handling these past couple games that have, has been a little bit enticing, at least. Jaden is like, drib- like every game, he's inching, just dribbling a little bit more, a little bit more, driving a little bit more. I'm like, I'm, I'm liking his progress. He's, he's really, I mean, he's going slow, but it's, it's good because he's doing what he can do right now. And then, but, 
just experimenting here and there to see if he can push himself a little further. It's it's cool to see. That first bank shot in the in the game on Friday Yikes. night, that first shot. That was that, a bad shot. That was hilarious, <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome because yeah, yeah, yeah. it looked exactly like KD. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, except it was gu- it was guaranteed it was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care, still counts. Yeah, he was kind of smiling afterward, and he doesn't really smile. But afterward, they kind of caught a glimpse of his face. He was kind—he of, kind of had that look, like I didn't call that. <laughs> so the three ball hasn't been going in for Jaden, and that's kind of sucked. And especially because the three balls have been wide open looks, and I think he's suffering from the—he's a little bit too open in the same way that Dario Saric was a couple years ago for the Timberwolves. But mm-hmm. when he's not making shots, and kind of in the same way that Dario was playing two years ago as well like he makes up for it in other ways he brings so much energy but he also like he is starting to play really well and effectively on offense he is not the same at the beginning of the year he was kind of the same jared vanderbilt whenever he wasn't shooting that is where he was just like oh all of a sudden he's cutting but i'm in everyone's way now but that one pass from ricky rubio to Jaden mcdaniels where cole had to put on his ricky rubio jersey that was, yeah, that was great. awesome. That's it's mm-hmm. starting to happen for him where he doesn't need to necessarily shoot 40% from three to be an effective offensive yep. player. And then you get to the defensive side of the ball. And it's just like, that's why Jaden McDaniels has led this team in mm-hmm. plus minus uh, from the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. Uh, yeah. I, and, and last, and on Friday night, he did that too. He was plus 11, I think. And that led the Timberwolves and there's a reason for it. He's figuring it out bit by bit. Uh, it's it's really cool. Um, you know, since Finch has taken over, he's shot 26% from three. But I will say that since the All-Star break, he's back up to 40%. And, and, and this is all low. That he, he has not taken that many shots, right? Right. Um, but, you know, pre-Finch, it felt like every time Jaden shot the ball, it was going to go in. And yes. then when when the sh- when the shift happened, we started to see more clanks. And then and, and we especially those first five games of Finch, like he was just busted. Like he couldn't make a shot to save his life. It um, seems like it seems like he was nervous with the coaching change. He's like, I yeah. I just got comfortable playing for this coach, and now it's like I need to prove it again. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like and none like of the we're other doing different stuff it. now. Yeah, and none of the other guys had to prove it in the exact same way. Like, Ant didn't right. need to prove shit, obviously. No. Carl, nothing. But, like, Jaden McDaniels was the one guy who was, like, making a surge who needed to prove it all, all over again. And so I think that's yep. partially why he's got the yips. But, like, yeah, as you said, he's up above 40% from, from two. Or or is it overall field goal percentage? His his field goal, overall field goal percentage has increased since, the, since Finch has taken over. I'm saying yeah. since the All-Star break he's up to 40 percent from three but since finch has taken over he's at 26 percent. oh weird oh just because of those terrible sick like bunch of games that were happened before yeah, he had five bad game. games you know and the wolves played five terrible games you know what i mean like, right oh i i thought you meant overall because yeah his field goal percentage has gone up overall and he was four for seven from two on friday which is so encouraging because that's what needs to happen if he's going mm-hmm. to be like I think he could be the third best player on a really great playoff team eventually. I've I've really root for him, man. I really root for him. I I would love to have a player like him on the Wolves, just a versatile three, four, maybe five 
depending on the matchup, who can dribble and shoot and, you know, create his own shot. Ooh. If you were Kevin O'Connor, I'd think you were talking about Pokashevsky right now. <laughs> Yeet. Dude. Pok- Poku scored like 23 points in a game the other day. I texted Dylan right away. I was like, bruh. <laughs> we're not going to be wrong on him, though. Like, we're just not going to be wrong. It's, yeah. It doesn't matter. He's not going to be very... I mean, he, the best he's going to be is just a floor spacer. You know? Like, that's it. But he's going... he's, not gonna, he's never going to be good enough with the ball in his hands to make that a legitimate op- option. But the problem is, is he's going to drive on a lot of those open shots. He's going to drive into these guys and then try a hook shot. And so he's just going to play well, himself out. Not if he game. wants to stay in the league. If he wants that's to stay I'm in saying. the league, he's going to take that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to the CND NBA show. This has been fun. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CND NBA show. Send us an email at CND NBA at gmail.com. Read our stuff at, at, at zone coverage. Dylan has an article out right now, ranking the players in order of like playing time or who who's guaranteed to play. Who's not in the rotation. Um, I got a piece coming out tomorrow about Carl Anthony towns, the new point guard for the Timberwolves. Um, yes. Yeah, he's looked incredible. We didn't even we barely even talked about Cat this this episode. That's crazy. He's um he hasn't been the story. So he hasn't been the story. But just real quick since the All-Star break, he's been scored 26, only 8.3 rebounds, which is tough. This but is almost that, 5 assists per game. That is really weird because I feel like the Wolves have also been out rebounding teams not consistently, but like much better than they had early on in the season. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt is stealing a lot of Cat's rebounds. You can actually see it when you're watching. You can see Jared Vanderbilt and Cat both go up for the rebound, and Vanderbilt is just fighting for it, and Cat like just kind of holds his hands up and is like, "Okay, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you got it, bro." <laughs> I feel like that's also probably why Jared Vanderbilt's stats look so good is because he's getting like when you do get all of those rebounds that are maybe like fought between two teammates that's when your on-off stats start to look really good or your like box plus minus starts to look really good or win mm-hmm. shares. Yeah, and if if Carl got two of those rebounds back from J- JV, then you know we're talking 26, 10, and 5. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's, but like, that's all NBA numbers. Even when the story really should be about him, it's about Ant because he's, he's, he's got 41, Ant's got 42. Even though Cat yeah, had the yeah. best game, obviously. Yeah, I think Cat has has pretty quickly become if not the most one of the most underrated players in the nba uh, just because he's been injured people uh, all of a sudden he's injury prone just because he had two you know semi-prolonged injuries on one but of the really worst one of them teams was COVID. that no one's watching yeah one of them was covid and uh yeah so he he's fine he's not injury prone he was a fucking iron man the first four years of his career we're it's all good This is the longest outro of a pod we've ever done, but I hope people enjoy. Much love. Bye.